Flawcast episode 125, The Corrosiveness of Conformity. The opposite of courage is not cowardice, it's conformity. Even a dead fish can go with the flow. John Hightower. Flawcast. Get in the arena. Welcome back, all of our flawed cast devotees and <laughs> listeners and fellow journeyers on the sojourn of life. Uh, thanks for listening, and I need to, at the beginning, welcome and introduce my trusty sidekick, Mr. Carl Tuckerson. Good morning, Carl. Good morning, William. It's good to be here, as always. How are things going with you? Oh, if I'm just peachy keen. Uh, as usual, it seems. As usual, yeah. Uh, it, it's not until the episode starts that my real uh, angst is discovered. But nonetheless, uh, this is 4th of July weekend as we yes. are recording. It's a big weekend for the country. Big it, weekend it for me. Good food, good cookout, family. Yeah, all that, all that stuff. So uh, you're going to be listening to this post-4th, but nonetheless... Happy 4th of July, and uh, just remember that. I have some free advice, too. Oh, okay. Well, please. Get rid of all exploding objects quickly after you light them for fear of serious damage. Uh, I'm just saying, no matter how much you've celebrated with a liquor or anything else, just always remember the free tip of the day. Once the wick is lit, throw quickly. Yeah, I mean, that could be applied to a bunch of different things in life, but if they're listening after 4th of July, then hopefully hopefully they still have all their digits. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, we just get the the particulars out of the way. Once again, welcome and thank everybody for listening. Please subscribe. Please share. Ask you to share our episodes again. Uh, this is going to be another good one, we believe, and just need to get the word out there. Um, please, uh, we're anywhere you can listen to podcasts. We're Flawcast, Flawcast CLE, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker. Um, you can find us on Rumble. I guess you can't find us on YouTube right now, uh, so I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, we're on the Project Mockingbird social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, doing well on Getter, doing well on Gab, doing well on Parlor under Flawed Inc. Get a copy of my book, celebrating the one-year anniversary of Smith's Heart of Man Repair Manual. Link is below. Also, if you're in the looking in the description, our email address is there. It is flawedinccle at gmail.com. Send us an email. Uh, if you would like a copy of the book on the house i know purse strings are getting tighter and tighter and tighter i really want to sew in them individuals with it i'll be more than happy to send you the pdf on the house but if you guys have any questions concerns anything you want us to talk about topics so on and so forth definitely let us know there however we are now transitioning into carl's second favorite time of the show the patriotic 20 seconds all right everyone take your right hand place it over your left heart and repeat after us i, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of america and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all Awesome. So before I guess we get into the meat of the potato here, uh, last we had to take last week off, just different personal things that occurred. So for those that missed us, thank you. Uh, but in our absence, last week, some pretty monumental Supreme Court decisions were 
handed down, and I guess there was another one Friday, but or yesterday as we're recording this, but the, the Second Amendment is kind of staying intact. But the one, and actually happened on my birthday with uh, Roe versus Wade being overturned on the national level to being kicked down to the states, which has now erupted every triggered illogical person it seems like in in america and in the world uh but nonetheless uh, as, as we're celebrating our independence and our freedom that there were some good check imbalances on how our nation and the uh, the governmental system is supposed to operate so uh hats off to all those guys but this is an episode there's been a couple topics that have been kind of permeating through my heart and um i, I think i was also talking to carl as we were kind of commiserating the last couple of weeks, but uh, this is one of the things I want to get into. This is going to be, we got some quotes, we got some scripture as we do, but this is going to be more of a kind of from the hip. Um, and it's the idea of conformity. And I've really been kind of reading, um, uh, looking into studying uh, about a guy named Alexandra, uh, Solzhenitsyn. Uh, he wrote a very famous book called The Gulag Archipelago. I think that's how you pronounce it. But anyway, uh, this guy was a, a political prisoner. Could during... you uh, say his name again one more time? Alexandra Solzhenitsyn. I'm going to make a suggestion to you. Okay. Please find somebody named Pete Smith, <laughs> Bob James, Bob Jones, somebody that I could even make an attempt to pronounce. And find something that they say that's profound that we can agree. Because I'm not even going to take a stab at this guy's name. I just want to get that out there right now. That's fine. Okay. I, that's why we're, we're a team. But also, I want to challenge and, and lift and encourage you that you can do it. But nonetheless, the, the whole idea of, of the conformity, as we've been kind of looking at things and just different things that have been happening in my life, I've been trying to take a step back and there's like I said a couple areas that are really working in my heart but um, the idea of the dangers of conformity not only do like individuals like Solzhenitsyn make comments about it but also the scriptures speak about the dangers of conformity even the quote at the beginning the opposite of courage is not cowardice it's conformity the John Hightower quote the thing that's really been hitting me, and I know we had a discussion, I want to hear your thoughts before we kind of get into the other things. There seems to be this, what's hip, what's cool, what is the thing, if you will, to do, which just goes to show how dorky I really am, is the idea of conformity. I remember growing up, uh, you know, in the in the 90s where the idea of individuality and uniqueness was something that was applauded and sought after and then until everybody became <laughs> whatever that was but there seems to be this idea of safety in numbers regarding not not trying to step on people's toes not trying to be the the one going against the grain not trying to ruffle feathers you know to to veritably to veritably be you know uh, switzerland if you will i think politically but certainly more importantly spiritually that is a very grievous and deceptive ruse that a lot of people are falling under right now. And I think it's, I think it's this, the, the importance of discussing this is to try to help wake people of this. But I want to get your take on that idea before we start to really dive into the, the different scriptures and the different quotes. Yeah, it's great. Great question. It's the foundation of the podcast today, right. as far as my thinking. Um, I 
had to battle through my own self in why I knew what was happening in this country and around the world, but in this country specifically, because it was impacting me and why I was really doing nothing about it. I felt gratified that I had read and done my research and that I was sharing with people, trying to get them to open their eyes about the evilness and the evil that was being done by evil people through evil institutions and organizations. But that in and of itself wasn't activity, right? It, was, it wasn't combating it. It was busy work, mm -hmm. right. Um, and, and I'm just going to be honest. I think that a lot of what Christians I'm speaking to specifically, because this is an attack on holiness and purity and righteousness and all the attributes of God that we see happening. I think that they have excuses to not speak up. And it's easy to make an excuse that makes you look self-righteous by saying, I'm just going to embrace, I'm just going to love, I'm just going to accept, kumbaya. And that's an excuse. I, I really felt, I, I guess saying it clear might offend people, but the real problem with Christianity and Christians is they're no longer offended or troubled or impacted in a grieving way when they sit back and watch unrighteousness and evil. And that's the real truth. The real truth is that if they were troubled and if they were bothered and if their spirit was vexed like it was during the days of Lot when he was vexed in his righteous soul, then I don't think that they would be throwing out to the church world or to the Christians that it's just our job to love them. It's just our job to love them because here, here's the truth. I will validate every human being that walks the face of the earth because God created them, but I don't have to validate their lifestyle. I don't have to validate what they're trying to shove down my throat and get me to validate as acceptable to God. I don't have to do that. I do have to love them. I show my validation of their worth and of their value by the way I treat them, not the fact that I accept that their lifestyle or their point of views or the evil that's coming from them is acceptable to me in my lifestyle and in my point of views. And so further along in the podcast, I have a Bible story that illustrates to me how I truly believe that the armies of Israel were making excuses to avoid a battle. I don't even think that what I have thought since I was a child was the real reason that Israel did not engage in battle against Goliath. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to show you why. But I, I think that's where we are. I, I, I really believe that the core of the matter is Christians are no longer grieved 
They are no longer offended. They are no longer troubled. They are no longer bothered by the societal decay and by the societal rot. And so they've made this excuse that they're going to accept, they're going to embrace, they're going to love, they're not going to speak up, they're not going to sit there. And then on the flip side of that, we see the response of pro-abortionist and how you have your politicians in the street with uh, big horns calling for civil war, calling for riots. You had a dude that showed up at Kavanaugh's house that was going to murder him and had everything he needed to do it. You have these people that think that the loudest voice in the room is the most powerful. The truth of the matter is they are the minority. While the majority sits, and we have called it cowardice, we have called them having the spirit of fear or being afraid, I don't think that's what it is anymore. I mean, I can't argue with you. I think this idea of conformity is certainly a a powerful one. I'm glad we're going to be kind of shelling this out. Let me share a couple quotes here from Alexandra Shostanitsa. And I think they're really, really, really profound. It says, to do evil, a human being must first of all believe that what he's doing is good or else else that it's a well-considered act in conformity with natural law. Fortunately, it is in the nature of the human being to seek a justification of his actions. Ideologically, that is what gives the evil doing its long sought justification and gives the evildoer the necessary steadfastness and determination. And I think he kind of quantified what you were just trying to say. It's, it's this justification and if I'm speaking to Christians or if I'm speaking to anybody, I, see right now I, 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 I don't want to make a delineation, although there certainly is one. And I think we're speaking to people of a spiritual mindset. For me, the, it's like how long are the inmates going to run the prison? How, you know, how long are the patients going to run the asylum? And I think the idea of not offending or not standing up for what is right to quantify what you just said is a a grievous sin at this point. Uh, You know, the scriptures say to know what is right and choose not to do that. That is sin. And I think what we see going on right now is it's becoming more and more apparent what is controlling what is fueling what is influencing a person on a spiritual level and, and I had a great conversation um, actually in a shout out to uh, Matt one of our uh, one of the guys who was a co-host a, a while ago and uh, you know he might come by and visit us again soon but we we're having a great conversation last night we, we you know went and got dinner and you know we were just talking about all this stuff and and the idea of it's if you are tuned in, you know where we're going and you know what's happening. You don't sit there and, and need to consistently consume news and right. it, 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 because it, it, it continually vexes you. I'm at this point right now where I've really cut down drastically my news consumption mm-hmm. because in my heart – me seeking God and, and not just for my life and uh, for my fiance's life, and, but for, you know, our, for a podcast, so on and so forth, he's going to share with me and with you what needs to be. Yes. So that being said, 
there is this delineation between, and once again, I believe it's an eschatological event, talking about the separation. You know, there you can use the the uh, analogy of the wheat and the chaff, mm-hmm. um, or the wheat and the tear, depending on what version you read. Uh, you know, there's also the sheep and the goat, the the good fish and the bad fish. Uh, you know, which I've been doing a lot of research within the church that this progressive movement is just encroaching on the the Christian church, and it's just grievous. And you know, where it talks about Christ is pro-choice, you know, or talks about the Bible endorses and promotes slavery when it, you know, these people in these pulpit positions are talking about LGBTQ, P, whatever, whatever, uh, you know, it's there. God loves them all. And and there's no, uh, there's no consequences. And we all have consequences. Like I sin, Carl sins, uh, you know, everybody does. And and it's a sin that separates us from God. And I don't want it to be like this dogmatic thing. As simply put, it's just what separates us from God. And as we go along and we conform with these quote unquote social norms, in this society now, they do not necessarily line up with God's norm. And let me share another uh, quote here. Well, it's not so much a quote as it is a the scripture. Um, this is from Romans chapter 2. I'm sorry. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Amplified Bible says, And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, that with that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and his purpose for you. And I think that do not be conformed. People who know me know it grieves me. It vexes me when I see the, the advent, the rise of the pedophile movement and the acceptance of it. it. I believe it grieves God. And one of the big things I've been seeing with a lot of these <laughs> peaceful protests with the, Supreme Court decision for Roe versus Wade, which, by the way, doesn't make abortion illegal. It's a state right. And on a political sense, I personally believe if it isn't explicitly explicitly written in the Constitution, it needs to be a state right. That's just well, according a, to the law, I mean, uh, well, that governs us. That's the procedure. Exactly. So in, in health care isn't a right. You know, like, there's these things that people are saying, you know, a, a job isn't a right. You know, a right is being able to worship. A right is being able to protect yourself. And everything in the Bill of Rights, all all it just does is simply legally enshrines what the Almighty has given us. So what I'm seeing with these quote-unquote peaceful protests, it it, it isn't so much reproductive rights or these people were wrong. I'm now seeing it is a out-in-your-face blatant grooming protests, which I've seen naked men and women uh, being paraded in front of from newborns to, you know, 10 year olds to and to me, if you want to peacefully protest, you have that right to do that. And I'll support even if I don't agree with what you're protesting, I'll, I'll support your right to peacefully protest. But when you are and this is this is the subversiveness of what we're talking about. This is the conformity of it. Where if you go along with it, this is the danger of the conformity, is that parading these people in front of children is 
evil in the regard of the purpose isn't education. The purpose is for manipulation and the purpose is to eradicate and go against the natural order I believe God has created. Thoughts? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that the purpose of speaking God's word isn't to offend. It's because we love and we want to bring right standing between God and man. And so we share his word. But make no mistake about it. If you're sharing God's word, it's going to challenge and offend. You can do it with the most love in the world. Okay, with the greatest intention in the world. But what I believe the intent in this country is, is to create a social system where a mental mentality says that one of the rights you have is to not be offended. I really do. Yeah, I no, think that right. they are indoctrinating, brainwashing, call it educating, whatever, that one of the rights that you have in this country is the absence of offense. And that is not true. First of all, that is not what this country was founded on, built upon. That wasn't even a thought in our founding fathers. If you're going to be propelled to be a better person, you're going to have to make changes in that direction. But as we talked about in the last podcast, why do that when you can just create a fake world that isn't real, that you don't have to change to? You could just change the world to fit who you are and what you want. I'm not about that. I say, you know what, God, change me, right. change my heart, change my way of thinking, change who I am so I become more like you and I think that that is the end game. They're they're trying to set up a society where a man or woman of God cannot even share the word of God. They're I, silencing it. I well, I would say there is a peer pressure, a, the the social norm of the conformity to not to 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 not be in defiance against or, or to stand in in the that brotherhood or that sisterhood of whatever of so many people we've talked about you know Shadrach Meshach and Abednego Gandhi Martin Luther King Jr whomever whomever um I, and it's interesting that you said that I want to share another quote from Alexander Solzhenitsyn it says if only it were that simple if only there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds and if it were necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them but the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being and who is willing to destroy a piece of their own heart. The line separating good and evil passes not through states, nor between classes, nor between political parties either, but right through every human heart and through all human hearts. This line shifts inside us. It oscillates with the years and even within hearts overwhelmed by evil, one small bridgehead of good is retained. And, wow. and it, it, that was a great, that was a, a great uh, statement that he made. Let me share one more scripture here. This is first Peter one 14. Once again, from the amplified, it says lot live as obedient children to God. Do not be conformed to the evil desires, which govern you in your ignorance before you knew the requirements and the transforming power of the good news regarding salvation. According to Paul, even after, 
you know the good news. And even after you have committed your life to Jesus, he lets us know that above all things, the heart is wicked, deceitfully wicked, deceitfully wicked. And he says that the things that I want to do, I find myself not doing. And those things that I don't want to do, why? Because I know the good news, because I know it's sin, because I know it's enmity between God and man, because it's separation. But even then he says that my heart is wicked and that I must transform and I must renew and I must be changed. And I don't mean just one time. I mean daily. Right, and right. so this is what we're talking about. Well, and it's, and that's from Romans seven, but it's the idea of not conforming to what the easy or the seductive or in, 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 and this is why you have to be really careful. And I'm sorry. I just let you go. I just want to say this. Oh, no. This is why you have to be super careful with who and what you intake, even with us, like check us. This is why it's important to know the scripture. This is why it's important to have a relationship with God. And it's not to compare and contrast where Carl and I are or aren't or whatever, whatever. This deception of conformity that we're referring to right now is so insidious and it is so, it's just subversive. That one could think, especially if you're in a church and you've not been really taught what the gospel is. The gospel is an offense. The, the scriptures even refer to the gospel as a stumbling block. If you if you don't if you aren't offended by anything that Christ said, I really have to wonder what's up with that because. As wholly devoted as I am to him and his teachings, there's a lot of things he says that I struggle with that to to me, to myself, I'm like, no, you know, I, I but it, it's, it, it's the idea you're going to conform one way or another. Are you going to conform to this antichrist world system that is in place or are you going to conform to what God wants? Yeah, it's an act of submission. You, you really have to uh, choose to submit and to accept what is contrary to what your flesh or your mind and your will are wanting to do. It is an act of submission. And that only comes, I, I can tell you this, as I, as I have some years behind me now in, in life and in Christianity, is that uh, there are things that happen and there are events that take place that show me that my relationship with Jesus is not as strong as I once thought that it was. And the solution to those events showing me where I am is the decision to give more time to him, meaning studying his word, being in his presence in speaking and then waiting and then listening to him. And so through those choices that I make in the way I live my life, my relationship with him becomes more real because we can't see him in the physical. So we must embrace him in the spiritual. We must embrace him in the inner parts of our soul. And when that time is missing from you, the strength of that relationship is being weakened and the reality of his existence because we can't see him and because we can't feel him in this physical realm, that relationship becomes weak. I would say for anyone. Absolutely. I, I, an analogy, I would say it's 
if you're looking at like online dating, it's the thing of, wow, there's a profile of somebody that it looks really appealing and then speaking to them and then meeting them and then developing a relationship and then moving forward to, you know, marriage and then so on and so forth. There are different steps and there's a whole different process that you have to go through in each of those there's a new level of commitment and intimacy, a new level of intimacy that reveals itself over time. Yes. But if that time isn't there to develop that growing together, that knowing together, then you're absent of intimacy. And there's just one scripture um, story Mm -hmm. that I would like to use to illustrate how I came to the conclusion that, a lot of Christians are making excuses right now about why they're not speaking up or they're not active. And, you know, that's the story of David and Goliath. And to just narrate it and then just bring out a scripture is that Goliath was a Philistine and the Philistine army and the Israeli army were going to do battle. And for 40 days, 40 days, Goliath would go into the valley and he would taunt God, the God of Israel, which is our God, Jehovah. And they would focus on one thing, the size of Goliath. Okay. And so they would not engage in battle. They became captive of the spirit of fear that surrounded an entire army by the size of Of the giant. So David comes up to bring food to his brothers, and David starts hearing Goliath in the first 27 verses of 1 Samuel chapter 17. He's there for one reason, but this giant that is insulting, mocking, desecrating, and making fun of God catches the attention of David. Now, isn't it unique that the Israeli army? focused on the size of Goliath and David focused on the size of the offenses that were coming out of the mouth of Goliath. And that's what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm talking about being offended, being vexed, being troubled, having a righteous indignation about what is happening. David's focus was on the size of the offense. The army focused on the size of Goliath. So they used his size as an excuse to not engage. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's where we are. Now in verse 28, David had heard enough out of Goliath's mouth and he starts asking questions. And when David's older brother hears this, listen at the response of his own flesh and blood. In verse 28, it says that when Eliab, David's older brother, heard him speaking with the men, and David was speaking to find out what's going on. Why is he saying this? Uh, With the men, Eliab burned with anger at him. And he said, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is is now listen at the contrast of the truth of the matter okay god says of david i found someone who has a heart 
after mine. In other words, David's heart and God's heart were intertwined. David's heart was like unto God in his worship and adoration. His own brother attacks the heart of David by using a lie from the pit of hell to attack him and say, your heart is wicked. It reminded me of the scripture that says that the devil is a liar and the father of all lies and there is no truth in him. The devil uses the brother of David to shut his mouth by attacking his character. And I'll, I want to tell you what's getting ready to happen. When you, as a child of God who loves God and has relationship with God, begin to take a stand, you will find that it will not only be a liberal movement or a communist movement, but Christians, because they will attack you, Bill. They will talk about you. They will gossip about you. They will do the, who do you think you are? What are you trying to say? Because what you're saying is offending them because they're hearing what you're saying and it's shedding light on their inactivity. So let me tell you why. Why I know for a fact that the size of Goliath wasn't the reason that these Israelis didn't take action, this army. The reason is because they said he was too big for us to fight. But as a dad, let me create a scenario for you. What if any one of those men in that army would have seen Goliath with his big hands around the neck of his child, of one of their child, any of those military men, if Goliath would have had any one of those military men's children, and he would have been down in that valley with his hands around their neck, those kids' necks, their own necks, and said, unless the father of this child comes down here in the next 60 minutes and fights me, I'm going to break this child's neck and kill him right in front of you. There's not one soldier that would have sat idly by and watched his children's neck be broken. So my summation of this is the offense that Goliath was issuing was not big enough. It was not offensive enough. It was not moving enough to cause them to take action. And that is how I feel the Holy Spirit showed me this scripture was that David was offended and David was moved. These men were not offended. They were not bothered at the desecration of the God of Israel. And so they allowed this fear to captivate them. That was an excuse. It wasn't fear. It wasn't that they were afraid because their valor would have showed up at the sight of their children being in, held in the hands of Goliath. But David didn't need that. David just knew that God is with me every day in the pastures when I am being a shepherd. He has helped me to kill a bear and a lion. He has helped me to grow and know him and I love him and I will not stand and I will not tolerate for the evil taunts that are being made against my savior and my friend. The Israeli army didn't have that perspective and that's where we are today. That's where the church world is. That's where the Christians are. They are not moved and they are not troubled enough to take action. It isn't fear and it isn't that they love so much and they're so accepting. The excuse is being misplaced and misplayed. And that is that we as Christians need to start to actually be moved. We need to start to take action. And we are a lot like the army. 
we're using excuses and we're making excuses up because we're not moved enough yet. But I want to tell you what's coming in the future. There's more trouble coming and there's more evil that's going to show up. And at some point, I truly believe that something is going to spark in the Christian world and that Christians are going to finally wake up and realize what's happening and be moved and troubled enough when their personal space is impacted by this movement enough to where the devil is going to wake up a sleeping giant. I really believe that wholeheartedly. You can only poke the bear so many times before you pay the consequences for that. And what I mean by pay the consequences is that if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and turn from their wicked ways. That's us. And we begin to pray. God will hear our prayer. But I just don't think people have been moved enough yet. And that's my perspective of where we are. And that's the scripture that I wanted to bring out. Let me share another uh, Solstenitsyn quote with you. A declining courage may be the most striking feature which an outside observer notices in the West of our days. Should one point out that from ancient times, declining courage has been considered the beginning of the end. And that, I couldn't agree more. And that's a question mark. Yeah. That, that's a, so let me, let me ask that question again. Should one point out that from ancient times, declining courage has been considered the beginning of the end. And it's the idea of, you know, whatever, however you want to word it, however you want to state it, my purview is the issue of conforming. I have a lot of friends that are uh, veterans. As you were telling that story with the, the Goliath and the sun, I want to believe the only thing that separates the warriors of that day versus the warriors of this hour is technology. I, I would like to think that heart, that spirit is eternal. And I, I'm hearing what you're saying, and that's a, such a good analogy because every former service man I know would absolutely, in the face of insurmountable odds, step up uh, to save whom they love, or, or, or at least try. <laughs> so to me, it's the idea of conformity. Well, don't ruffle the feathers. Don't, you know, uh, and, and I think you gave a real interesting slant on that, and I, I appreciate what you just said. And I guess I would just want to say, what, in, in this, like Solzhenitsa, this is a question. This isn't so much... Uh, you know, I, I don't have an answer, but what is that thing, that, that movement, that moment, that, uh, that event that's going to cause people to no longer conform and just simply stand up and say, no, it, it was kind of like, I'm hearkening back to, uh, you know, the whole idea with the masks and, and like three years ago when this, all this nonsense started with the pandemic and, um, you know, even, uh, well, no matter what I think's going to happen or about to happen, I, I think that the idea of conforming is what gives, even if it's not spoken, it's our acts. Well, that it gives that it gives that permission. You know, oh, we we we're going to wear our in respectfully, we're going to wear our masks and we're going to conform and allow you to shut down these businesses, allow you to make a delineation between quote unquote essential and non-essential. And people are going to lose their livelihoods and everything they've worked for. 
it's going to bring this stupor upon. And I, I have some of my closest friends in the world had a, a, a passionate discussion about this this week. That there were churches all over America that shut down during that time. For me, I, I don't find that is acceptable in the scripture. They have a different point of view, you know, uh, that, that Jesus, you know, like paid it, render to Caesars what is Caesars, render to God what is God's, you know, go along with what the government says. I, I, don't, I don't have that purview. That's not, I don't believe what God has shown me, but if people have a different interpretation, okay, I'll, I'll listen. But it is for freedom that Christ set us free. And this isn't an American gospel thing. What's happening on the world is a global thing. It, it's, it's a supernatural thing. And these worlds are colliding now in an even more evident way. And if I, I believe if you conform to the face of blatant evil, I just think what the potentiality will put what happened in, in the 30s and 40s with the rise of the the, uh, the National Socialistic Party in, in Germany. Uh, I, I, and, and I believe that was a portal of beta test for where we're at right now. Um, I, I think you'll accept anything. Yeah, I agree. And the end of the story, by the way, of David and Goliath is obviously... David kills Goliath, and I think one nugget we can choose from here is you watched a whole army who was inactive and a, who arm, a whole army that was bound by fear, and they wouldn't engage. And by one young teenage boy's act, you watched that army rise up and chase the Philistines and corner them and slaughter them. And so what I believe is that as men and women individually take a stand and they stand up for God, I think the thing that's going to propel the people to wake up is they're going to see the power in the demonstrations of God. The atmosphere is going to change and spiritually speaking, the heavens are going to open through the obedience of somebody standing, of somebody acting of somebody being moved. And I think that when these somebodies begin to do this and God shows up and God demonstrates his power, it's going to spread throughout just like the Israeli army that all of a sudden began to advance and they began to move and they had a great victory. I just think that right now, God is raising people up and God is showing people and the opportunity for us to stand is getting ready to present itself. And when we do, and we do all that we can do, and then God does the rest, I think it will become contagious. I think that it's going to spread and I think a revival is coming. I think that it's the last great revival to end all revivals and right at the end of time where one more time the spirit of God is going to be more evident than ever because it's going to be easier to recognize. Okay. When darkest, when darkness is at its darkest, that's when it's so easy to see light from a great distance. And so that's where we are. This is the time we live in and this revival or this movement that is getting ready to happen. I believe it is going to be the greatest outpouring of the spirit of God in church recorded history right before the Antichrist. I truly believe that. Well, hope so. I do. But um, 
Do you have any other? Anything? No, I'm no. good. No, I think I think this was this was uh, a little better than I was thinking it was going to be, and and I feel encouraged, and I want to hope I hope everyone else is. You know, I just know that these observations are purposeful and meant to be shared and and to be listened to and I to take to heart. And it's not easy to be a nonconformist. Isn't like an easy thing, it, it, uh, especially in the hour we live in, where conformity is this hypnotic norm. But uh, you know, as the scriptures have said, as Carl has illustrated in the story that he shared, I, I, I don't believe that's the path we're supposed to take. So, that being said, please uh, share this with somebody that you know. Uh, if you you're listening, you share this with one person, that's one more person that's going to be equipped to deal with what's happening, and, and hopefully God will speak to that person what they need to hear. So we're just asking that you would do that. We're asking you would follow us on our Project Mockingbird social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on Getter. We're on Gab. We're on Parlor under Flawed Inc. Uh, you can hear us anywhere podcasts are. Google Play, Spotify, Breaker, Apple Podcast. Uh, we're on Rumble under uh, on Rumble. We're on Flawed Inc., but the other ones were Flawedcast or Flawedcast CLE. Uh, link below to get a copy of my book, Smith's Heart of Man Repair Manual. Uh, deep in the throes of the next project, and I'm so excited, and hopefully I'm going to get that done soon. Uh, soon. I, I've set some goals for myself that are really lofty, but I'm going to put axe to the grindstone. But uh, our email address, Flawed Inc., CLE at gmail.com uh, if you want a copy and purse strings are a little tight I'll be more than happy to send you the PDF um, any questions concerns comments things you'd like us to discuss or topics uh, send us there uh, but that being said you know